there. Tom D'Antoni here at World Cup Coffee and Tea for another OMN Coffee Shop Conversation. When Fats Domino died at the end of October, I first heard about it from New Orleans' Reggie Houston, now a Portlander, but for 20 years, the baritone sax player in Fats' band. It hit him hard. It still does. I waited a few months before I finally asked a couple of weeks ago if he was ready to talk about it. He said yes. What follows is an extended episode but which barely touches on the life of Fats Domino and Dave Bartholomew and Reggie's time in the band, but it's an oral history that'll knock you out. What was life on the road like? Who was the enigma of Fats Domino? And who was the real king of rock and roll? And on and on and on. Heartfelt thanks to Reggie Houston for sharing all of this with us. Welcome back to the Cupping Room. You were one of our first guests on this podcast when we first started it. Tom, before we get started, yeah. I sincerely want to thank you for extending an invitation to me, uh, not just for the coffee shop conversations, but you have extended your warm hand of friendship and musical curiosity from the moment that I arrived here in Portland. Uh, you, out of all of the people that I have met in the Northwest in the media, um, you have been consistent in reaching out, and I really appreciate that. Um, we are about to talk on stuff like Fast Domino and my relationship with that. Yeah. Um, I must, I just want everyone to know that you and only you have reached out to one of the only living members of the Fast Domino Orchestra since he died. Yeah. And to me, it's almost appalling. I have been hearing all of these quotes, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera from meaningless entertainers, yeah. you know, photo-op yeah. entertainers that they have contact to get their opinions uh-huh. uh, of Fast Domino. And it is a handful of us that's still alive and well and playing and actively participating in this art form yeah. um, that if there were any skeletons in any closets... <laughs> We know where they are. Yes. <laughs> and only us, because we were there. Yeah. Everyone else, in my opinion, just hearsay, and it's easy to pick up a book, but when you have the resource at hand, yeah. firsthand, yep. and I must commend you, Tom, because you are the only person. Huh. Now, I, mu- I also, I would like to say this, and it's been on my mind. The Mystic Crew of Nimbus, mm-hmm. I want to thank each and every one of those members of that wonderful group. It's an exceptional group of wonderfully um, philanthropic in certain ways, <laughs> artistic in many ways. Mm-hmm. They, they provided me with caring at a time when I was really down and uh, blue 
mm-hmm. they offered to send me to New Orleans. Mm. Uh, and I never get a chance to go to any of the meetings or anything, but I would like to make this public declaration, as it were, of thanks, of profound thanks. Um, they mean so much to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm not an active participant. I'm almost like Groucho Marx. I'm so honored that they want me to be a part, and I am a part of the crew. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of introverted guy. When uh-huh. I'm not on stage, I'm, a, I'm an introverted guy. Um, but I need to thank them. And I also want to thank for all the wonderful support of the board members, officers, and members of the Cascade Blues Association. Uh-huh which also have extended their hands of condolences personally to mm-hmm. me when fast time. And I must have received over 150 messages of condolence. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I arrived on my regular Tuesday gig, there were beautiful bouquets of flowers wow. that awaited me. Yeah, And so I just made a gift of the flowers mm-hmm. to uh, mm-hmm. Anne at the restaurant. Uh-huh. Um, it it meant so much to me. This is my first time I've ever came out, even said anything about Fats's death. Yeah. Um, it it hit me hard. I had to. It hit me hard, and not having the opportunity to go home and really experience a grieving process. Yes. Um, but I wanted to thank you extended your your hand out to me. Uh, the Mr. Crew of Nimbus, folk from the uh, mm-hmm. Cascade Blues Association, and I must mention both Kristen Valensky, mm-hmm. who came to my house, and she saw how depressed I was. And she said, Reggie, why don't you pull out some of those photographs? Oh, yeah. Thousands of photographs. Mm-hmm. Why don't you pull those photographs out of some of those gigs mm-hmm. you had with that mm-hmm. and tell me some stories? Well, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but I'll never forget it. You had been over your major surgery for very long, and you hadn't been getting out. And I had a party at my house. Mm-hmm. And I invited you, and I didn't really expect you to come because I know you—I knew you hadn't been totally recovered yet. And one of them was Fats at Jazz Fest, and you stood there in the living room, and and, and while that played, and you just talked about everything that was on it, and everybody just was spellbound, and everyone—and I've talked—I've told people that over the years, and they said, "Why did?" did did you record that? <laughs> no, I know, but it was like it was like you were it was it was your it was like you were on a DVD as a commentary, you know. Yeah, I remember. I was, I was so surprised to see that DVD you had yeah, yeah, at, yeah. playing at the party. Yeah, but everybody, I'm telling you, I can't yeah. tell you, dozens of people have said, "Did you record that?" <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, maybe we can make up for some of that right now, huh? Well, about that. you know, Tom, for you, um, you know, I, I will share a lot of stuff with you, of course, on the air, but I would also share yeah. things uh, that happened that I would not put on the air. Yes. 
um, those are the things that when I die are going to mean something and, it, mm-hmm. and, and those stories have to be in the right hands Yes, it's got to be in, <laughs> in, in the right catalog um, for um, well for obvious reasons yes. of yeah. how easy it is to exploit uh, or m- manipulate the truth oh, yeah. for yeah. for selfish reasons, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's why I never edit these things. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I never edit these these, these these podcasts. People just talk. You know, I just let them talk. You know, yeah, you know I, I'm, I'm so, it's not up to me to change I'm somebody's so glad story. You have the curse button there. Uh, no, yeah, no, you can say anything. It's a podcast. You can say anything. There's no no restrictions. What there's no filter. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So, um, uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start at the beginning with you and Fats? I mean, because I remember well, for me, I was a little kid. I was 12 years old. I was 10 years old. I was 10 years old when I when I heard "Yes, it's me, and I'm in love again." I was 10 years old, and I lost my mind. Well, you see, that's why my story is interesting because, uh-huh. um, you know, Fats was a part of that scene. I'm a, I'm a close relative to Lloyd Price. Mm-hmm. I grew up in, almost in his house, in wow. his household. Mm-hmm. Um, I was devastated when they left Canada. Mm-hmm. Devastated. I mean, I was a kid about ten years old, and I cried. Yeah, because I was so close to. I did not think Uncle Lewis, you know, um, would ever leave Pilgrim Baptist Church, he, our, he, our family he, church. He was one of the people who, who moved to L.A. No, Washington oh. D.C. Oh wow! When huh. they left New Orleans, they, they, they moved. He moved the family to D.C. When Lloyd, when they. And, but as a kid, as a kid, that, where my grandparents, um, where a year ago when I was in, at home, and every time that I have been home, I go to the same little cemetery. Mm-hmm. To visit my great grandmother's mm-hmm. cemetery is called Green Hill Cemetery in this little community called Colonna, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it is on the side of the Mississippi River, opposite New Orleans, mm-hmm. upriver towards Baton Rouge, about sixty miles. Um, that same river road, if you continue going up that road, you'll, you'll hit little community like Vasheries, and you'll go across the river and hit little community like Edgar. Mm-hmm. Those were the areas where they had most of the plantations. Prior to that area has been infested with chemical plants, as a matter of fact, it's euphemistically called the Cancer Corridor wow. of the U.S., uh, what used to be prime agricultural land has mm-hmm. become prime land for chemical plants, um, oil refineries, and nuclear power plants. Uh, under the high tension wires and the cooling dome of Taft 
nuclear power plant lies this little quaint African-American cemetery where the, the folk buried there, uh, some of the graves go back to Reconstruction. Mm. And since that was a predominantly black, little, black community that supported the farming community, uh, of course, it was under everything, underfunded, underserved. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the community where my great-grandmother, who lived a long time, and I was her favorite, and she was my favorite. And, yeah. um, and her daughter, my grandmother, became raised me, along with my mother, but mm -hmm. it was my grandmother who was that matriarch of that fam my family. Mm -hmm. Well, that area, that entire area, was the area that the music that was coming out of there, it was church music. Sure. It was music from that experience. Mm -hmm. Well, Lloyd's mama and sisters were great singers, and they sang in the choir. Mm-hmm where my favorite aunt, they all sang in the choir. As a little kid, I used to, at communion Sunday, and I have to, I'm a kid. Well, my aunt Carrie Mae was a buxom lady. Mm -hmm. And as the service is going on, and it's a night service, you get a little drowsy. You know, you're a little kid and stuff like that. Yeah. So my cousin and I, we would almost compete in our own little way to see who can go sit by Aunt Carrie Mae. Because, <laughs> and you'd be in the choir stand. Yeah. And she always had these beautiful crocheted handkerchiefs mm -hmm. that they, they would have all of these beautiful crocheted handkerchiefs. And she would take her handkerchief and she would put her handkerchief on her lap. And put your head on her lap, right? So she's singing, yeah, and she's praising God and uh -huh. stuff like that. Uh -huh. And um, it's been times, man, that you could, you could feel your head against her breast, and she had those big, lovely songs, you know. <laughs> and and she be and they, she's singing, and your head there, you half asleep, and and. And if she get excited, you know, well, they're just going to pass you on to the, you know, your cousin, <laughs> you know, which is Lloyd's sister. Yeah. And, and yeah. Know, you know, those folk, and they, um, so when, now I'm talking about we're living four blocks from each other. The, This was a little small, underserved community where they didn't have an African-American high school and, or elementary school, as, as it were. And it was my grandfather and Lloyd Price's dad, Louis Price, and Mr. Samuel Billups. Mm -hmm. um, these folk petitioned, and they, 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 they did what they could to get uh, schools mm -hmm. in Jefferson Parish of Louisiana, which is right outside. This is where Armstrong International Airport is. Mm -hmm. That's this area. Okay. So from Armstrong Airport, 
going west mm-hmm. is the areas where my heroes, like Dave Bartholomew, yeah. came from. So when you said, you know, Fast Domino, um, you know, I was aware of Dave Bartholomew's name uh-huh. before, and I don't know from what source other than being a resident, and my folks are residents and citizens of what they call the River Parishes, uh-huh. Jefferson Parish, St. Charles Parish, St. John Parish. Mm-hmm. That's where Fats and Dave and those folks were from. All right. Their parents and great-grandparents, they were the slaves and indentured servants on these, these plantations and stuff during the latter days of slavery and during the Reconstruction period. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking about the Domino family. We're talking about the Johnson family. We're yeah. talking about the Bartholomew family, yeah. you know. Um, and, of course, at each run of the developmental social ladder, mm-hmm. you try to make improvements with your kids, you know, mm-hmm. that next generation mm-hmm. where when Dave Bartholomew, it was his time to come, he had a chance to get some formal education, mm-hmm. learning music, which there is another book. So, Fats. Um, when I was more Obviously, I was more excited about Lloyd Price uh-huh, yeah. and yeah. what Lloyd put. Not knowing that as a little kid, when they come to the beauty shop to get the cats in the band, to get their hair done. Mm-hmm. You see, back then, the cats were getting processes. Yeah. And depending upon, you know, and process was very expensive, and you had to mm-hmm. find someone who knew how to do it well. Mm-hmm. And did it enough that when you get your process, you don't get your scalp burned. Yeah. That's a big thing. So, um, Lloyd, Lloyd, that's why Lloyd's hair was always so pretty and stuff like that. Yeah. Because he had his sister and mom. They had the beauty shop right in front of the family house. Ah. So, as kids, when my mother, my grandmother, and my only made my sister... And they're walking from the house on the weekend on Saturday and stuff. Oh, we're going to the beauty shop. Yeah. Well, they're just walking four blocks and they, they're going to the prices. Well, I would want to go because my cousins uh-huh. all lived with Butler Street then. It's called Lloyd Price Avenue now. <laughs> with Butler Street then. And all my, my cousins and my playmates and stuff from the neighborhood lived. They had more kids that lived on that street in that area uh-huh. than lived on my street. Yeah. So I couldn't wait to get over there and play. So yeah. when we're out there playing, marbles and swinging mm-hmm. in the tree and yeah. stuff like that, they were inside getting their hair done for the gig that night and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Forget it. Or, you know, just kind of remember in our in my collective youth mind, uh-huh. you know, station wagons being loaded with yeah. with with gear. But was they, that around the time when he had his really big hits like personality and no, like, oh, oh, no. Lottie Miss Claudia period? No, this is this is this is mailman, mailman, tell uh-huh. me what you got for me. Uh-huh. His early, early uh-huh. his yeah, yeah. his chitlin circuit hits. Uh-huh. You see that personality, yeah, yeah. that's when he signed for ABC Paramount. Yeah. 
And yeah. then he would, no, yeah. I'm talking about this is where stuff that Dave Bartholomew was still producing right. on the right. 45s right. and right. stuff. Right. I think his first one was Lord and Miss Claudia were right. on one side. Uh-huh. Mailman, mailman was yeah. on the other side. <laughs> we dug mailman, mailman. Is that right? More than Lord and Miss Claudia. Because you know? I, I still remember that song. I believe, I believe he re-recorded Lord and Miss Claudia. Oh, yeah, he did. For, for, for ABC. But I, actually, I, I played the, the original specialty on my radio show a few, a few yes. weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. See, he, yeah. I, I wanted to get to that because he did um, a lot of, not a lot of songs, but some of the tunes that he recorded just with the band yeah. back in the day, he could re-record them. Remember, that's when he saw you did some strings and oh, yeah. like the chorus background yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. In, the, in, in the call and response. Or right. something. It was like, right. Yeah, well, see, that's when, man, that was, if I'm not mistaken, I'm just, just guessing, just looking at my life. I'm thinking 1957. Yeah. Well, didn't Fats play on some of the early Lloyd Price albums, I remember, the uh, only, records? The only other recording Fats had ever done on piano other than his music yeah. is on Lloyd's stuff. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, no, that, uh, uh. that's him. That's him on Lloyd and Lloyd and Lloyd and Miss Claudia. That's yeah. him on it. Yeah. And it was another one. Um, and when you hear the piano, you could hear it. Oh yeah, in the Catholic scene, you know, because that's that's so triples. That, yeah, yeah, he had that yeah. rhythm thing in that right hand, right. Which which was another interesting um, there. Fats was the embodiment of Nolans, man. See, a lot of people, uh-huh. a lot of folks don't realize that you know, fat fats was. So New Orleans, um, as a matter of fact, if it were not for Hurricane Katrina, now this I'm, this is my hypothesis, but discuss this with another with with um, other cats that used to drop by and hang out at the at, at his place on Catherine Avenue in uh-huh. New Orleans. That's. If Fats had his way, man, Fats wanted. Fats would want to die on Catherine Avenue, yeah. not not yeah. die in a gated community in Jefferson Parish with his daughter. Huh. Did um, see? After my first trip back home, after moving here was the year after Katrina. Right. And it was the first jazz festival after Katrina. They invited us there. And mm-hmm. Fats was the poster, the, right. the, the, the poster right. guy. Right. You know, the, um, and they were bringing the band together. And never forget it. It was, um, no, I'll never go there. Um, All right. But, but Fats, due to some, the medical problem he was having didn't perform. Right. Um, and uh, doing, well, I forgot the point I was about to make. That's all right. Because I, I, I got sidetracked because I was thinking of just how disappointed I was. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, to not be able to play with him. Not to, you know, yeah. we rehearsed. Really? We, we had fun at the house, you know. We uh-huh. hung out the pad, and uh-huh. we all got to get got together, and 
you know, so it was, it was just looking forward to the gig. Right. And, um, and then it didn't happen, but um, as honored that I was when I had the opportunity of getting that baritone saxophone chair in uh-huh. Fassers Band. Yeah. I was I was more excited because Dave was I was gonna be in a Dave Bartholomew band. Yes. And, yes. and that's that's what it was for me. Uh-huh. I knew, you know, uh, uh Fats is is a is a a a, 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 a music icon. Mm-hmm. But but there, there is brilliance. There is genius behind that. Yes. And uh, um, well, that's the question everybody always asks: How much of it was Fats, and how much of it was Dave Bartholomew? How much? Yeah. I mean, uh, now, you see, you see, there couldn't have been one fat, without the other, fat, right? Fat, no, 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 no. You see, Fats. For me, Dave yeah. recognized. Fats in his potential. Yeah, and uh, he, I love how. Well, there, there is a thing, and it, and I had to live through it. Mm-hmm. Like Fats' song, his first hit, "The Fat Man." Yeah, which really is a takeoff of Captain Jack Dupree's. Song, mm-hmm. right? Same change, the same form, just different words, right? <laughs> well, Cap Jackman was a was a New Orleans cat man of you know piano player that all the cats really dug. Yeah, but he split the U.S. Yep. He, you know, he almost like like with um, uh, uh, Sidney Bechet. Yeah, you know, he split got to Europe, man, and the people really appreciated him. Yep. So, man, so. Must have been oh right after Fats was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame man I, I got pictures of this bro it was what was it yeah we were touring somewhere in Europe thinking Belgium maybe uh-huh. not where it was exactly uh-huh. and he was there so the two of them got <laughs> together man it was beautiful I bet it was, and okay so I mean never you never kid Fats inviting cats to the bandstand and yeah. that kind of stuff and it did but. Captain Jack and he he was there with his female entourage. It was so <laughs> and so I here I get a chance to meet uh-huh. this this cat who I just heard his music, yeah. had seen pictures of him. Uh-huh. And then here, I mean we it's like this. Yeah. You know, we hanging we drinking right. and we hanging out and right. then, but I want to be the fly on the wall. I just want to oh, yeah. see the interaction. Yeah. Which reminds me of another time. Um well, did they, what, what did they talk about? Wait a minute, before you go on. Oh, well, well, no, it was. <laughs> I mean, well, see, Jack I, was Jack man, was such a such a contrarian. You, uh, you know, he, did he go? That was my song. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> they, I, you know, the context. Don't remember the context. Yeah. The, if I'm gonna find these pictures, I gotta find these pictures because I was yeah. taking these pictures in, and the the twinkle in their eyes. Ah, ah. Uh, I mean, I got some, it, and these pictures in black and white. I, I, was yeah. shoot, I was shooting black and white then. Yeah. And um, 
and, and it was so funny. Herb Hardesty would like always try to get me to take pictures of uh-huh. cat stuff like that, uh-huh. where I was always interested in taking nature pictures and. You know, I'm in Freiburg, Germany, so I've got yeah. this gorgeous sunset coming yeah. off coming off the mountains, you yeah, know, off yeah. these fields and stuff. So oh, yeah. I gotta get this kind of uh-huh, stuff. Uh-huh. And and then here here they you know, Herb and so and so is hugging. Get a picture of this. Okay, Herb, I got that. <laughs> and, um, Let me ask you something. Um when you guys did uh uh Blue Monday, did Herb do, do the Barry Solar or did you? Me. Okay, because he did it on a record, right? Let me, t- let me tell you about that. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll share that story. That's a, this, this story. He claims he did anyway. Uh, this, this story has been told before, so I could repeat it. Yeah. Um, during that session, see, Clarence Ford uh-huh. was, the, was the Barry player. Yeah. And, and the they had words or something. Clarence, Clarence split. He wasn't there for that session. Yeah. And, but the horn was there. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so they needed to have, um, I think when, when Fats did Blue Monday, it may have been the second recording. I think Smiley Lewis did the first one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. So we're doing it again. So they had a different type of solo. Yeah, in the original. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so they had this. The did the session. Heard played the song. Right? Yeah. did the mix. Blah blah. Became a hit. Yes, became a <laughs> big hit. Right, get the band back together. They did the tour and playing play it home. So Clarence is back on the set now. You know, and um, I don't know if that if that was the camel. You know, oh, you know what. I'm thinking. I gotta talk. I gotta check with Roger Lewis about this. I'm uh-huh. gonna get my my thing because it could have been the beginning of Rogers, oh, uh-huh. taking over that seat. I see. It because it was Clarence yeah. with the original Barry player. Uh huh. Then Roger played with him for 25 plus. Roger years. who? Lewis. Okay. Then Roger gave me the gig. Yeah. With Kent with through Fred Kemp. So yeah. Like, I got the gig when Roger started the Dirty Dozen uh-huh. with Bloody and, uh-huh. and, and, uh-huh. and, and um, that crew. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that – wait, what, what's the question then? Oh, um, it was just to um, have that uh, – um, Herb had the original solo. When I got in the, you know, when I got in the band, before I got the band, yeah. when when it was when Fred Kemp yeah. was preparing me for my group. See, when I got the gig, I didn't I didn't get the gig through Fats. Uh-huh. How you got a gig in Fats's band is you get a recommendation from one of the band leaders. Uh-huh. You know, somebody who's got Fats's ear. Yeah. And see, I need a bar player. So, oh, I got. Don't worry about. It, I got the cat. You know. Uh-huh. Not another word. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I played the band almost two years before I formally met him. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, he'd given me solos every gig. Yeah. Learned my name in Red Houston, you know. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I was the bar man. Bar man. You know, bar, <laughs> bar track player, you know. Then he gave me a solo and stuff like wow. that. Wow. But, but, you see, when I got in a band, I was, um, 
I was a student. I was a student. Now, how old I was, were you? I was the youngest cat in the band at 37. Gee, wow. <laughs> I was the youngest cat in the band when I got yeah. when, when I got that band. Uh-huh. And and um but everybody in that band was well, most of the cats in the band. I had I had been seeing some of these cats since junior high school. Yeah. When they yeah. would come off the road in them pretty Cadillacs and them convertibles and stuff, <laughs> and they'd come around when we had having band practice, marching band practice uh-huh. in high school and stuff. And they'd park around, because they went to the high school. Uh-huh. So they'd park around the fence and start watching us practice and stuff. And those of us from the neighborhood who knew who they were, you know, say, man, that's Walter Kimball. That's Shane. Everybody was calling him Shane back then. Yeah. Yeah. That's before he got the nickname Gorilla. Oh. <laughs> they, go, That's Shane. And you walk over there and he had to tell us like he was very be- beautiful cat, talented, um, could could paint or draw you. He was the the African American in the world. He was the Duncan Yo Yo champion when really? he was a kid. That's right. <laughs> there are videos of Gorilla <laughs> on stage and they'd be dancing and stuff, uh-huh. and he got his yo-yos out and he's doing all kind of tricks and stuff. <laughs> yes! They, they have, I don't know if they have any film, but like Fred Kemp. Uh-huh. Fred used to do flips with his home. Whoa. I'm talking about flips. With a Barry? No, tenor. Okay. <laughs> flips. Man. You hear me? I hear you. Um, um, they, so man, look. So when I got when I was when I got in the band back back to that at solo with her, um, and I never forget. Fred said that, "Say, bro, I'm gonna tell you, man. The worst saxophone solo ever been recorded. You gonna have to play it note for note." <laughs> So you put it on, and it's just sharp, right? I mean, it's, it is, you don't even have to be a musician. You get used to hearing it like that, you know? Yes. But if you listen to it critically, yeah. and you get to the barrier solo and say, oh, something, is, something sounds funny with that. <laughs> but it's just sharp. Okay, so when I got in that band, man, and I had that one little solo every time. Yeah. I would do that solo. I would play that solo, man. I would try to play those same notes with so much, you know, every note would be full. Yeah. Every, I wanted passion. Yeah. To come. Yeah. And uh, after, after playing in a band for a while, man, you know, I used to get my pats on the back from cats like Lee Allen or Kemp. Uh-huh. Well, I never forget when the cats said, see, man, they gave my little nickname. Uh-huh. In the band, see, see, Mikey, man, you don't, you don't only cat ever heard that, that made that jive ass solo sound good, <laughs> <laughs> you know. He said, man, you make them, he said, man, you make it warm. You try to make it be warm and stuff. I mean, I'd be taking deep breath. I just try, you know, I'm just, I'm just try to play, and uh, you know, I. I those, those type of, those moments, to mm-hmm. me, were the priceless moments. So, mm-hmm. um, another priceless moment when Thats called me 
to, I must have played with about a year, year and a half or so, you know, playing the same old solo, right? Yeah. Same Blue Monday. Uh-huh. So this one gig, I'm feeling my oats, right? I'm comfortable. <laughs> so I, I decide to embellish my solo a little Uh-oh. bit. Put a few little, <laughs> yeah. you know, the kind of, a, a few little licks in it. Yeah. So I think we were in Las Vegas where you have, you know, we do, what, maybe like an hour set, hour, 50 minutes set. Yeah. A couple of about an hour and a half off, and you do another show, that kind of stuff. So it was between shows, <laughs> and we called him his henchman. You, you know, Reggie, Reggie Hall's brother-in-law, who's a road man, when a road cat came and said, "Say, bro, fast won't see you." <laughs> and the dresser would say, "Oh, now he had never called me." I said, "Oh, okay, cool." He said, "He said, bring your horn." <laughs> I said, "Okay, I'm still bring, I bring my horn." So he said. He said, "You know, you know, you know that solo on, on, on Blue Monday." <laughs> so, yeah. Now he had me playing, playing it right all these times. Yeah. Right? Just he said, so "But play it fun." <laughs> so I played it, you know. Yeah. And when I finished it, that's all I want. <laughs> yeah. He told me, he, he said, "So don't don't play no more. Just that, that's it." He <laughs> played it. And then okay, and then and then you give me a. Uh, 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 a solo on Shake, Rile, and Roll. Uh-huh. And the cats would warn me. He said, man, look, Fats will give you a solo sometime. And he'll just leave, leave you there with the rhythm section. He'll <laughs> leave the piano, go in the back, get him a drink, change the tie. Something like that. Then he'll come you back. Keep, you got to keep playing. Yeah, you got to keep playing. <laughs> you're, in the, so you're being featured, right? So... I've seen Lee Allen. I've seen all the cats do it. Yeah. And it was yeah. my time. And so I got, every time I would get the soul, I would do my little lick get, and get my little circular breathing. Yeah. thing happening, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's the end of my solo. Right? Uh-huh. So I'm playing my stuff, uh, did my little circular breathe stuff. Yeah. That's just gone. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I done done all my slick stuff. But I remember what Fred told me what, you know, what uh-huh. they would do when that would happen to him. You see, in your solo, then you try to think of the first song you ever learned how to play on the horn. <laughs> and start sneaking that stuff in your solo. You know? So I remembered all the other songs that Lee Allen, for example, uh-huh. would put in his solo. Herb would do the same thing when it'd be going along. I said, oh, yeah. man, that's so cool. So I said, oh, so that's what they do. They figure that stuff up beforehand, and then if they ever get stuck out there, yes. they could start their solo, give a new little lick, get some house. You know? um, so that's... That, <laughs> that that happened to me a few times. He said, "Man, make sure now. You gotta look up. a lot of times when you're doing your solo. I mean, Fats is actually he's listening to you. Yeah. So if you hear hear the lick, he's gonna do that stuff, and y'all mm-hmm. have a thing going on for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, so yeah. he, he it, it was fun playing with that cat like that. Yeah. Fats Fats had incredible ears. Hmm. I remember when he was just sitting down working on working on alternate changes to Misty. Really? Yeah, I don't do it on the gig, but just uh-huh. but, but yeah, man, like like, like you know, because he was into Earl Garner. Yeah. So yeah. he would figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so so like, um, this song Shanty Town. Uh huh. 
So this so-called list of yeah. Fast Domino <laughs> favorite songs, if Shantytown wasn't on it, it wasn't. Then All right. Because I, because I, I remember being, I, I played with this cat three, four years, right? Uh-huh. And not playing no Shantytown. Uh-huh. And we on some gig, and somebody requested through Herb. Yeah. And I know forget, man, Herb went to Fatsy. Fats. Remember Shanty Town because Herb got this sultry solo with it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and man, and, but it's, they have this, their own arrangement. Yeah. This is a rain song because it's a, yeah. it was an old classic thing and stuff like that, but right. it was a really cool arrangement. Yeah. And you would hear them play it and uh, talk about the song and say, man, we don't do that. We got to start doing that more. Uh-huh. But when Dave got in the band, and then we were in, I think it was Iceland. Uh-huh. Um, that's, they had this song, It's Raining. Yeah. It keeps raining and raining. Mm-hmm. When the Dave tune, mm-hmm. big hit over there. Wasn't a big hit in the States. Uh-huh. And I remember, remember Dave didn't bring the chart. Oh, because he didn't think he had to do it, you know. Yeah, this is not but, the Irma Thomas that's raining, right? Huh? This is not the Irma Thomas that's no, raining. No, okay, no, no, different no, it's raining. Okay. All right. All right. It keeps raining and raining. Yeah. Tears from my eyes. Yeah. Left me last night. All I do is cry. Somebody help me. So it has got through the quirky little solo part, a group solo for. The horns, mm-hmm. and never forget it. the The solo part, the people in the audience mm-hmm. would wait for the the solo part so they could hum the little <laughs> horn. The audience. <laughs> so we had to learn the sucker, but I had to learn it because you know, I had never played this song. Yeah, and and I I start I fell in love with that too. Uh-huh. I still love, I love that song mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Um, or one of the well, the you know. That's to me. He he was a conduit uh-huh. for all the music. Uh-huh. You see, I do this project, and I'm hoping I get a chance to do more of it when I go to New Orleans for Jazz Festival this year uh-huh. of Anonymous Legends. Mm-hmm. I did excerpts last year when I um, when I took a group of. 20 people from the Portland area went to New Orleans to see Mm -hmm. New Orleans through my eyes. If anyone interested to do that this year, they would have to contact me directly and do it soon. I'm thinking uh, seriously about it because this celebration of the Jazz Festival, uh, they will have a special... Fast Domino Tribute Orchestra right. uh, for August, I mean, sorry, April 28th. And you're in it. I'm in it. All right. Um, but that's at the Jazz Fest. Right. I'm making some calls and trying to get some other things happening yeah. so I could really present through, I have, um, with my film and picture, yeah. my little yeah. 
PowerPoint presentation uh, that that will actually chronicle the the people who actually made the music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Thatch, you asked earlier about Thatch and Dave relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the 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 shaker and mover mm-hmm. by all means Dave. Yeah. The 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 person with um not only in the present, yeah. but Dave had his a firm grasp yeah. of what yeah. was going to be happening in the future, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. did what he could under the circumstances to mm-hmm. put as many people in a position yeah. to uh, succeed yes. as possible. Um, I hear from when when Fats, when I got the news that Fats had died after my Tuesday gig, I got home and I found out Fats had died. Uh, the first person that I tried to contact with Dave, yeah, I called. I contacted Dave, oldest daughter, mm-hmm. uh, Jackie, who and, lives here, huh? Lives here? No, in she doesn't live here any longer. Okay. She retired from PSU. Ah. She's a Fulbright scholar. And, okay. Uh, multiple Fulbright scholars. She's uh-huh. she's retired. She just sold her house here, but all of her stuff is still here in storage. Oh. <laughs> she just got back from Grenada, being there wow. for a couple of weeks. She just called me last week when she mm-hmm. got back, mm-hmm. and it was so funny. My daughter Miriam, yeah, yeah, she's in med school in Grenada. Wow. She start she starts she just started this term. Congratulations. So, thank you. So did you ever get in touch with Dave? Huh? Did you ever get Did you ever get up with Dave? Did you ever Did you ever get in touch with him? Uh, he was with his son in Florida at the time. Yeah. So she let me know how he was doing, and I sent, I, I sent. And so she got with her sister that still lives in New Orleans in the same gated community where Fats was living. Yeah. So and she knows the family, so she can get some inside information. So when I found out that all the ceremonies. They, they were keeping things so close mm-hmm. in, in that little community. I had to proceed in dealing with my own loss right, right. in my own way. So I stopped proceed, pursuing that, yeah. made sure that Dave was okay, yeah. contacted the folks in New Orleans to see if they were planning anything. Yeah. Uh, um, well, I, one, the, one thing I really wanted to ask you about, and and it, it, it it's it's it, that's consistent. I mean, the the family keeping it close and not letting people in, and that's very consistent with Fats. Fats to me was like Eddie Murray, <laughs> the great Orioles first baseman, who his teammates loved, mm-hmm. and he would never he would never let his personality out. Oh, and but wait a minute, wait a minute, let me finish. And was an enigma. He could have owned Baltimore, okay? But he was an enigma. And I've always looked at Fats as kind of an enigma, too, because I, I, never, I never heard him talk about himself. I never heard him, um, uh, you know? I mean, he had to, be, he had to have a, a great depth. Fats was a spiritual guy. Uh-huh. Um, and he was also 
believe it or not, I mean, Fat was in, very insecure. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, no, wait, no, no. What you notice is true. Mm-hmm. Um, in his world, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, you, you walk off the street, if you, if you and, and, uh, and we're not talking about uh, uh, kings, queens, dukes, and duchesses. Uh-huh. No, we're talking about people that he's been knowing since he was a kid mm-hmm. or their kids who mm-hmm. would, you know, pass in front of his house when they see him sitting on, on, on a portrait. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mr. Domino kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of the kids around in the folk around there knew that, he, yeah, that's old fast domino, but but he's just a another citizen on a night ward. Mm-hmm. Fats, Fats wouldn't, wouldn't, you didn't see Fats going to no fine, you know, to commander's palace and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Fats went to to uh, um, Jack Dempsey's, which is this seafood place down in the ninth wall, not far from his, around the corner from Charmaine Neville's house. <laughs> and uh, his brother, Freddie, had a yeah. bar. Uh-huh. And they had, they had Abe's place. Um, and they had, uh, oh, oh, man. And his main hangout, gosh, just talk about it recently. Where they, you see, they used to gamble. Uh-huh. You see, they got the, like Freddie's place. They have the you know the bar, and they got the back room. And when Fats wasn't on the road, uh-huh. it, man, shoot, you you'll find Fats. You 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 might see a rose of Bentley man in the Magnolia Project. Uh-huh. You dig go, go hang, uh-huh. because that's what right by the dude drop in. Yeah. So they go, up, they yeah. go back to Mr. Frank Panier in the backyard, and then they be gambling and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, as a matter of fact, that was another, another, um, just a New Orleans thing, though. Mm-hmm. See, like, like when Fast was coming up, they had they had the bars and stuff. They had the downtown scene, just like this, like now, and they got the uptown scene, and. Um, you know, when you made it uptown, when you you know that the pinnacle of the the hip the hip is mm-hmm. um, show bars. Yeah, yeah, big show bar. Right, it was uptown. Yeah. So when you played a, um, when I was born, the night the night that I was born, my daddy was playing across the street at the Do Drop In, and <laughs> Tommy, there's there is a, a local. Um, icon, he mm-hmm. singer from my high school. Name is Tony Owens, mm-hmm. and had a had a hit. And a couple of people have covered his song, so mm-hmm. he's been got got out of play. Confessing a feeling was his mm-hmm. hit back back in the day, and what um, um, Tony also, you know, we we grew up. I was born in that area. And uh-huh. went to junior high and high school in there. I went to elementary school out there in Kenner. Uh-huh. With a lower price in there. Yeah. But I I had to come back in the city to go to a good school. So mm-hmm. I was uptown. I mean, so I went to where I was born, where we were staying was like three blocks from the hospital where uh-huh. I was born. And that hospital, the loading dock area of the hospital was in the back of the hospital yeah. and right across the street from the loading dock area of the hospital with the dude dropped in. Wow. Right in that block, LaSalle Street. Yeah. Um, well, just recently, this past week, Tony 
posted on Facebook. Yeah. Some old posters. Uh huh. Of who was playing there back then. Uh huh. And a list of the acts that were playing, you know, so it's the yeah. who's who are local people along yeah. with Ray Charles and Sam yeah. Cook and yeah. all these people too were playing mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And um and, and it was something like so they he had listed a whole lot of people and like the Facebook people would say, Oh man, this is cool. Yeah. Irma Thomas yeah. had to answer it. And she said when she, when she knew Mr. Panye, she was uh-huh. a teenager, just had her first kid when she performed there with Alan Toussaint. I have a poster. I have a copy of a poster from Do Drop In with, with Alan and Irma. That that was that was her gig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see that? And then and uh, so my connection, well, my third oldest my third daughter, mm-hmm. my third child, my third daughter, my third child, Zena. It's Irma's godchild. Uh-huh. Um, I I had the opportunity of being with Irma for nearly 10 years. Uh-huh. Uh, when Irma first came back to New Orleans from the West Coast, where uh-huh. she she uh, became a nurse, and she was yeah. working, not even entertaining at all, for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then she finally came back to New Orleans. Uh, she was using yeah. popular bands uh-huh. as her backup band. Huh. And the first band that she ever put together herself, as a matter of fact, I named the band, and she still called a band <laughs> of professionals. <laughs> uh, the, the first equipment she ever bought, the first band mm-hmm. band, I was with her and her husband when they picked out the band, because I was the band, over the band, I did all yeah. the driving, all yeah. the stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. We had... Yeah. Um, but still, I would have liked to have heard Fats talk about himself, talk about his feelings, and actually, most importantly, to talk about if he was a- as aware as many of us of the importance it, uh, um, uh, of what he did politically and socially. People, that's what, that's, in all the coverage of Fats, that's what nobody's talking about. Nobody's talking about, you know. The, uh, the, but see, and it's, it's a good thing because the, if, see, you know, that's Dave. Is that right? The social consciousness. Yeah. Dave Bartholomew. Oh, is that right? Huh. See, man, Dave, huh. say something. As a kid. Dave was making, man, Dave did a commentary uh-huh. the first time he did it. I mean, I was a, I might have been in junior high school. We see him, and, and it was called The Monkey Speaks His Mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, bro, that's what he recorded. I mean, they have, Dave, Dave made his social statement through his genre. Mm-hmm. And he did it in a in such a sophisticated way, uh-huh. not to kick the bucket of milk over that she he had yeah. successfully yeah. filled. But right? still, the whole thing about you know insisting on playing for for integrated audiences. You see, that's that, that yes, but there again, that was Dave. Yeah, that was not that's. 
Dave put fats in that position. Dave politics for that. Uh-huh. Dave, um, the I got a I got a nineteen fifty seven article from San Jose, California. The whole thing, the uh-huh. paper, it's all yellow and shit. Yeah, and it chronicles the time that what it's Santa Cruz and San Jose is right next to each other. Yeah. And, and the city of Santa Cruz banned rock and roll or right. any kind of stuff like that kind of music. So right. San Jose, see, I could have, okay, cool. We're going to have a show. <laughs> but so they, they, they had, San Jose was famous for, they had a famous dance hall. Yeah. Big bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Famous for the West Coast yeah. and stuff. Right. Come down for, so Dave, they had hooked up with the promoter. The band was in San Francisco, or Oakland gigging. Uh-huh. The, you know, a planned gig, right? Right. right? This is like some last minute thing this guy said, we can make this hustle right quick because <laughs> the neighboring town had just banded. I could get fast domino band. Uh-huh. They could drive up, they could drive from Oakland or San Francisco yeah. to yeah. here. Yeah. It's going to be a late set though. Right? <laughs> so the band was supposed to start at 10 or something like that. Yeah. They don't get that till 12 o'clock. Oh, man. Be, but, so they tired. They done, did a whole gig, drove. Yeah. So yeah. they did a short set. Said that we're going to take a short break and come. Oh, they, they, <laughs> they did a short set. Yeah. Said that we're going to come back for another set, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't come back fast enough. Oh, boy. The bottle stuff. So they had, this was, it was called. It was famous. The famous riot. Yeah. I mean, they got yeah. So. And then they, br- they blame rock and roll. <laughs> Wayne Cannons of Wayne Cannon here uh-huh. att- was there and that attended right? as, a se- as a 17-year-old uh, <laughs> out for that particular show. That's where I got the article from. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> he said, there I am. I've got the pictures and stuff. <laughs> so, um, the, and you're right, Tom. There, there some significant stuff that was happening. Yeah. Um, and, but like I said, the, um, with Dave negotiation, uh-huh. put the band in those situations. Some of them were very tense. They, excuse me, they, I, the, I've heard the stories of when they first start playing Las Vegas and they had to stay in the African-American, the right. black section yeah. of, of, of Vegas. I remember uh, seeing the pictures of the, the airport where mm-hmm. they used to land before they had uh, asphalt runways. <laughs> they used to land on the sand. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and after these land, you see all the heavy equipment that go there, yeah. they grade it and they pack yeah. it down and stuff yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. And you see another DC-3 coming in and stuff. They say, that's how they used to arrive. Wow. I have pictures of um, Ricky Nelson's. When we were touring with Ricky Nelson's uh, after the, uh-huh. uh, we did this West Coast deal, there's another story right there. You know, yeah. Yeah. why why didn't Fats play California for over twenty years? It's a reason. Yeah, yeah. During my time when we were there, yes, we finally played California, but that was the first time Fats had been in California in twenty years. Why didn't he play California? 
All right, that's another story. <laughs> like I said, that's another story. That's another story. Gotcha. <laughs> but 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 it was so interesting. We did we did a wonderful concert at um, at the Universal mm-hmm. Theater, you mm-hmm. know, in Hollywood Universal Theater, and with Ricky Nelson um, on the show. At the there's a video out there somewhere of Fats yeah. and Ricky Nelson. <laughs> Doing doing this stuff, they they brought us. As a matter of fact, yeah, I, my gig bag. I just thought of that. Wow, my gig bag for my baritone. Yeah, that's where I bought it in North Hollywood <laughs> from the music store in North Hollywood. <laughs> wow. So let me ask you, how did Fats call tunes? Um. Okay. When I when I got in a band. Um, like I said, that Fred Kemp, yeah, go to Fred's house, get the records. Mm-hmm. So he had them all in the order, right? And he say, "I'm gonna play you the show." But <laughs> 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 well, this is about thirty-five, forty years, forty years ago, right? I'm gonna play you the show. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm not thinking of the show. I'm intimidated enough. I got to learn this music, right? So, you know, um, so I'm listening to it. We would bring him up on, the band would always, see, when Dave was there, the band, you know, Dave would do some tunes. Yeah. Before the band starts, you know. Right, right. Uh, but sometimes he would bring some charts and we would rehearse uh-huh. and uh-huh. do some hit shit, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, but he would always do one of his funky blues and stuff uh-huh. in the wild and stuff. Uh-huh. And Dave always could connect with the audience. Mm-hmm. Then he introduced Fast Domino, yeah, and and Smokey Junior, but boom, 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 just the kind of vamp. Uh-huh. He, you, you know, he that vamping. Um, he. Applause. He walks up. He walks to the edge of the stage. He waved. He might shake a few hands and uh-huh. stuff like that. Uh-huh. Then he'll walk to the piano. Band is still vamping. And then he'll sit down. Please get his mind. I'm walking. And then bam. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. it. We off. Uh-huh. Um, and that's fans. Uh-huh. Everywhere we went, they're just so excited. Yeah. And they want to hear song. Right. They want to hear certain things. Yeah. And immediately, they start yelling out. And Fat would hear some. Okay. And then he'll start. <laughs> so either either it'll have an introduction to it. Mm-hmm. If it's got a bad introduction, he'll yell it out. Like, Right into it. I mean, ain't no time for thinking. Or, or um, he would. I love the way you walk, and so he started. Yeah. So I mean, you you just pay attention and you listen. Um, Now I am the furthest. Away on a bandstand, yeah. from fats yeah. on the end. Got a whole yeah. line of 
bunch of musicians. Uh-huh. I'm the furthest away from, and I have never missed a call. <laughs> you know, I've never missed a tune. I never, never. Huh, what did he say? No, no. I mean, yeah. you, you just get used to paying attention. Now it has been times that I'm on a stage and they call a song that I don't know. Oh. Because the cat recorded that many songs. I mean, yeah. and I have got to them. And uh, the, that's what is so wonderful to have such great people like Fred Kemp and mm-hmm. Lee Allen and, and Herbert and, and Shep, the cats who had been through it. And they, and they, and they say, oh, man, just do so-and-so. Mm-hmm. You know? He said, and Kemp said, Mikey, listen to it one time. You go get it. Because it's the patterns are, you know, it's they, the forms. Mm-hmm. You're so comfortable with the form. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I got used to listening to the horn section. So, I mean, here, maybe yeah. got three to four tenors and two trumpets. Uh-huh. See? uh-huh. So, I got a lot to listen to. Yeah. Um, and and like I say, most of the stuff that I didn't know, it wasn't stuff with a whole bunch of moving parts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know that you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember the first time I played the domino twist with him. <laughs> he gave me a solo. <laughs> I said, "Play with the song." I said, "He just didn't see your head." <laughs> you know. Very fair. And then and then I remember when <laughs> and it didn't do it for a while, then uh-huh. we are we're off the road, right? We back in New Orleans uh-huh. and you know, we're not playing, we're not touring like we used to, but it was still coming out and play. Uh-huh. And it was Popeye's I think thirtieth anniversary. Uh-huh. Big old celebration downtown, filming yeah. all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Quint Davis from the Jazz he produced it all. Oh yeah. And he requested to a fact he said, In fact you got to do domino twists. <laughs> Well, I'm playing tenor now. Oh. Because Lee has passed on uh-huh. and Fred has passed on. Uh-huh. So I'm playing tenor. I'm playing tenor. <laughs> and I'll never forget, it was me and and Frederick Shep. Me and uh-huh. Shep. Uh-huh. We playing tenor. And both of us could circular breathe. <laughs> and that's had I just say, at the rehearsal, uh-huh. he just heard me and Shep circular breathing yeah. in the solo, having fun at the uh-huh. rehearsal. Yeah. And Fats said, oh, oh, we could do that. You could do, could do you, y'all, y'all take the solo. So we <laughs> took the solo, we played, take a course, I take a course and stuff, and now we're playing together. Yeah. I'm circular breathing and he's circular breathing. People <laughs> just loved it. I, 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 wish, I wish I could get a picture of that yeah, uh, film, film, yeah, because yeah. that was a special moment um, and um, <laughs> see, man, all in all Fast Diamond was incredible that experience man it, it I am so fortunate to, to have been considered one of the cats yeah you know I yeah, mean I was yeah. I was um, you can't it's hard to describe the feeling of being encouraged and uh-huh. supported 
by people like Lee Allen and mm -hmm. and, and and Herbert Hardesty and Dave and Dave, you know. Um, I remember when, when I keep going back to Dave. I guess I guess because I when he was on the road, I tried. I was never a hanger on. I yeah. never tried to hang around fats. Uh -huh. For what? <clears throat> you know, I mean, I'm, I like stimulating conversations and yeah. talk, talk about a, a, a current event and stuff like that. Yeah. But Dave was on top of all of that. Yeah, and fats wasn't? Oh, no. Uh -huh. and, and Dave was always available. Uh-huh. I mean, when I have pictures, man, of Dave would tell me, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You want to come? Because, you know, I was interested. Like tours and stuff that other band members wasn't even interested in. I would, I would go with Dave. Uh -huh. I mean, uh, in Iceland, we just did all these great things away from the hotel. Uh -huh. You know, uh, other cats, they had no fats, no way. Uh, huh. In Finland, I had a chance to, you know, because I was with Dave, I yeah. had a chance to take advantage of because of people were just showering Dave, Dave folks over there know about this cat mm -hmm. so they would say you know you want to go to Lee Allen and them used to get invitation to go to um, where they started playing golf at, at, at uh -huh. um, St. George's is it? I don't know um, you asking me about golf? Huh? <laughs> you asking me about golf? Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, but like Lee Allen and, and Herb those cats used to, used to get it's this one golf course in England where they yeah. where it started. They have a big where the British Open is played. Uh -huh. They used to get they used to go there and play where <laughs> big timers from the states can't get there. <laughs> you know, because it's an invitation yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, being invited to these a gentleman's club yeah. in 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 England in London. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the real deals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was today, man. Yeah, I want to ask you one thing. Um, in in the in the biography of Fats, there's a there's a chapter in that book that I I, I had never heard anything about, and it and the and the author claims that "Be My Guest" was one of the inspirations for for ska. That Fats was very very big in Jamaica. And, and yeah, did, did you ever hear, hear anything about that? Uh uh. Okay. I just, it, I just know how significant the music was down there in Jamaica down there yeah, in the 60s. It, I, you know, and then I went back and listened to Be My Guest and I went, holy shit, that's Ska. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's, a day, that's another day tune. Yeah. 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 As a matter of fact, when I was telling you about the It's Raining song, uh -huh. had to learn Be My Guest on the same time <laughs> because they were big hits yeah. overseas. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if you listen to the horn section in Be My Guest, yeah. that's, that's the horn section in ska. All, all the ska music, you know, the one that, that was, you know, before reggae, there yeah, was ska. You're right. And it had that beat, had the same uh -huh, beat. Uh -huh, it's uh -huh. amazing. It's amazing. How about, I got to listen to that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, it's so look. Mm -hmm. Fats was the king of rock and roll, wasn't he? You know, I hold it. <laughs> See, that's I. See, man, 
if I got to be honest about it, I'll put Fats as the prime minister. <laughs> I, yeah. I got to put Dave, man. Okay. I understand. Makes sense. You know. Makes sense. But, but even with that, I wish you could have heard the passion of which Dave spoke of like Paul Gate, Gaten. Uh-huh. See, those are the cats who yeah, yeah. who Dave always wanted to be like. Uh-huh. If I could be like this cat yeah, yeah. musically. Uh-huh. You did where he was musically right. that, you know, I got the guts to go and ask people for recording stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. Now I want to get where he was musically. So, uh-huh. you know, being being a band leader, being an organizer, he kept kept his band together for long periods of time. They kept him working. He kept mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he had they had a they operated their musical organization as tight, well-oiled machines. Yeah, yeah. So, so Dave's idea was to have that, uh-huh. but not to be too formal with it. I wanted, uh-huh. I you know, got to look a certain way, you got to act a certain way, uh-huh. but, but we got to maintain this looseness. Yeah. You know, we can't, you know, don't ever forget, you know, you always make, you know, maintain a feeling of the mud between your toes. All right. You know, All make, right. you know, maintain that, that feeling of, of sweat on your brow uh-huh. and a joy of uh-huh. you're able to be and do the things you're doing. Um, so I think the the people, even with Fats, Fats' music, even his style, mm-hmm. he was a, one of the cats who used to talk about. See, Toots Washington, for yeah. example. Mm-hmm. Toots was one one of the cats that cats like Fats uh, um, and Professor Longhair wanted to cop off because yeah. Toots had this left hand that was extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Toots would be sitting there, <laughs> left-handed, yeah. every now and then, twink, twink, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then he would, I mean, I've, I've heard Toots say, referring to Alan Toussaint uh-huh. in fact that, oh, them boys, you know, they got to work on that strong, you know, you see, I like their left hand, but see these youngsters, they ain't got no left hand, they be playing that. Twink, twink, them, them, them little, them little sissy cars with their little left hand. Ain't got, ain't got no meat to them at all. Man, they twink, twink, and then they be running with yeah. their right hand. Uh-huh. No, man, you got to have that left. You know, so Toots, I could just hear his little voice, and um, so the 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 essence of fats, and I got to go back to where he's from. Uh-huh. And the people that he was around, and and you know, that's fed off of his environment that he was born and grew up in. Uh-huh. When Fats would go on the road, man, he would try to, you know, he'd be dressed up, but he'd be bringing a night ward with him. Yeah, 
every time. Right. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, which would made it, you know, I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, he traveled with pots and pans and then he would cook in a hotel room and something like that. No, man, you got to experience that. Uh-huh. You have to you have to be at the house when when, you know, come the week before you we leaving. And yeah. see the the packing process. <laughs> see all the soup bags. You see the 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 big steamer trunks. Uh-huh. You know, what got shoes in it? <laughs> what got the pots and the pans and the seasoning and uh-huh. stuff? They got every all the dry goods. <laughs> hot plates. Yeah. Pan. I mean pots. Yeah. <laughs> because when the man look and, and when we would get to a place See when when you're touring like that, man, you where we might be in a place no more than two days, mm-hmm. but when we would get to a place, we'd be there at least a week, maybe two weeks, uh-huh. especially like Paris or some place that you went yeah. one place for a couple of weeks, yeah, man, and you'd be in your room and stuff like that, <laughs> and the phone rang, say, bro, that's cooking. <laughs> you know, only thing you know, you you got to bring your own plate. And your Is that right? Together. Yeah, you got to bring your own plate because he ain't got no plate for everybody. So, but he got, he cook, and you could smell it. And I'm talking about, say, bro, when, when that man cooked, he cooked. Nothing ever scars, never over, say, man, he, he was meticulous. Uh-huh. Meticulous, you hear me? Uh-huh. That man could cook. And, um, shoot, you you be standing in the, so, you know, he got the sweet and stuff. So you always, I knew I was always welcome. Mm-hmm. I could knock on the door, call right. him at any time. Wow. You see, but I wanted the cast that I didn't do that. Uh-huh. I went to fast only one time. Really? In all the years I played with him. Wow. I went to him one time for money. Huh. We were in Canada. I had already gotten paid, and I had sent my money, most of my money home. Yeah. And here we got to Canada, in Montreal, and uh, there was a music store uh-huh. near the hotel. So Fred Kemp, all those cats knew, knew all those places. Yeah. So I'm following Kemp. And here we walked by this music <clears throat> store, and I saw this brand-new buffet soprano saxophone. Uh-huh. And I didn't have a soprano anymore. Yeah. And I saw this buffet. And I remember it had something like maybe 13... Hundred dollars Canadian, right? So I'm, I have my little calculator, but I didn't do no calculations. I say, but I know I don't have the money, right? So first they say, man, go get it from Fats. I say, you think you'd do it? He say, yes, indeed, man, go talk to him. So we went back to the hotel. Uh-huh. So Fats gave his credit card to Rip to get out the paymaster, right? Uh-huh. Gave his credit card. Go, go. So I went, got the horn. Man. Wow. So the deal was when I get back to the states. Uh-huh. You, I'm going to pay you, right? Yeah. So I'm happy to pay this cat $1,300. Right. U.S. Yes. You know, because I know what I got. So I get back to the States. The, the day after we get back, he said, Fat, I'm coming over to pay. He said, no, wait. I want to wait till I get my bill. I want to see <laughs> how much it costs, right? I said, no problem. So I had to keep calling him. Two weeks later, I called him. My bill didn't come. So I finally come in. So, yeah, I got my bill. I said, I'll be right over. With the exchange and stuff yeah. and how the money has changed, it yeah. was only $800. Oh, now. boy. <laughs> US, right? So, so I gave, that's the only time I so, had. 
So, so it was just, it was no, just, just sure, no problem, right? No. Sure, sure, no problem. I'll share something off the air, something else about okay. it. But, right. um, but no, no problem whatsoever. Um, it's been with, he would, you would do a favor for Fast on the Road, like, uh-huh. like he would want a, some cologne. Uh-huh. Me and France, he wants some good cologne. He might give you a thousand dollars. Go, 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 get him some cologne. Uh-huh. He would do that for Fred Kemp. He would give him, and Fred knew I was into it, so I would go, go with him. Say, man, what can I get him? And Fred would say, yeah, just get him something in big bottles, bro. He like big bottles. <laughs> Okay, what it was and stuff. And Fred would, you know, buy him five hundred dollars worth of cologne and big bottles. And yeah. the other five hundred. Wow. Give me some of the money, and then Fats go give him another two or three hundred dollars <laughs> for doing the, doing him the favor. So Fats was a generous guy. Um, in terms like that. Yeah. In personal one-on-one interactions like uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he, yeah. You know, he was. He was not, uh, for example, to to put his, the band on a profit sharing. Uh-huh. That was beyond his thinking. Okay. Okay. His idea was, I will pay my taxes. I'll pay all of my taxes. He paid uh, unemployment compensation. Uh-huh. He paid for your insurance. Uh-huh. You did so. You did get that kind of stuff. So when you wasn't on the road with that, if you want, if you didn't want to work, you can draw unemployment. Wow. Yeah. I never drew because every time I came off the road, I went right back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. But the older cats in the band from New Orleans, man, them cats come off the road and they wouldn't hit a lick at a snake. <laughs> they, they, they they do the little. They had a, a racket. They knew what to submit on Sunday nights. You got, got to be in for midnight Sunday. They do paperwork. And boom, the check is coming the next Friday. Right? Every week that, that, that he wasn't on the road. Yeah. But yeah. me, you know, I was playing with Charmaine. I was playing with yeah. all kind of bands. Yeah, yeah. Hustle. So how are you doing with this now? Hmm? How are you doing with this now? Doing with 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 the death of facts. So it's been rough, to be honest with you. Yeah, I've been. Um, I'm a recluse almost, man. Since, really, um, I am looking forward to getting to New Orleans in April. I'm going to stay for the entire two weeks. Uh huh. I'm putting what a few irons in the fire. Hope. Hopeful that we could put the word out yeah. once I get a few things solidified. Right. But I have right. contacted some some of the hotels, uh-huh. trying to get some sponsorship actually yeah. Yeah. Um, for my anonymous legends. Mm-hmm. I've spoken with significant musicians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and told them what I want to do. Do it. They want to commit. To it, yeah. But I could only do it if I can get some sponsorship, right. so, so they right. can put it on their schedule, right? right. Um, so you, you're going down for Mar- for Mardi Gras, though, aren't you? Uh-uh. Oh, okay. When that's the I I had planned on, I had an offer to do my London Gras gig again uh-huh. at the Lake Theater, yeah. Um, 
And I did not take it because I was planning at the time of being in New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Yeah. But when Fats died and uh, subsequent to that, that I was going to be invited to come home for Jazz Festival. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a it's a money thing. It's a, yeah, right. it's a time thing. I, yeah. I love my commitments here in Portland. Uh-huh. So I, my gig at Eastern at Chapalaya, and I am beginning a new gig at Secret Society. Yeah. Um, on, it's going to be every a third Thursday. Uh-huh. And my first one is going to be on the 18th of this month uh-huh. with Mike Elson and Keith on Upright Bath and we're doing... Keith Brush? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And we're doing um, swing dance music. Oh, yeah? Uh, but my kind of swing dance music, we could be doing nice. a lot of... Uh, we're doing some, some fat stuff. and uh-huh. Uh-huh. A lot of different... Uh, some, some really cool stuff we've kind of worked up. Uh, and it's a part of the um, the Lindy uh-huh. Society. Lindy, oh yeah, the Lindy oh, Society. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. Sponsoring this thing, so I'll yeah. be looking yeah. forward to that, man. Yeah. So I'll have those three gigs, and also my friend Wayne Cannon is uh-huh. in the process of knock on wood moving to a storefront. Really? On on Forty Second off of Killingsworth. Ah. And he's. Online, trying to get his ducks all lined, and uh-huh. hopefully he'll be in there in the next few months. And of course, there will be some new music and some new expansion. On and you that. don't have to worry about the weather. And won't have to worry about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> you can play there every Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, we or whatever day it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, whatever day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, so that, so that's so, what, so that that. Uh, um, that gig is that Sunday afternoon gig is gone now because the place is 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 is. is well for the yeah for now. Uh, yeah. He's, no, he still got it. Oh, okay. Oh, he's you still keep that open. Yeah, yeah. He still until yeah. he opens up the other place. He's gotcha. still he's gotcha. still going to he's going to yeah start working on other place and make an announcement of when he's officially closing that one yeah. and yeah. the grand opening and. And I'm going to surprise him for the grand opening. I've already talked to Charmaine. To oh, boy. Town and, That'd be great. And, you know, trying to, try to do something special for him. Is, it was, is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to talk about, about this? I mean, we, we've done good. Yeah, <laughs> we have done good. There are some things that I want to talk about, but not on the air. Okay. All you, right. know, All right. want, you know, I want, you know, because they're just for your ears right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to give you some dirt, man. Right. Come on. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Reggie. Uh, I, I know this is the first time you've talked about it. Yeah. And I hope it's hope it's helped you. It has. It has. Thank thank you for allowing you know giving me this platform and yeah. and really appreciate it, man. Thank All right. you. Thank okay. you. Thank you. We're ready for the baseball season. Well, <laughs> Gosh, it's so convoluted right now. But I mean, I just go to just got to say how how my life is so boring. I watch the winter game. I mean, the winter meetings. <laughs> <laughs> I got to, I got to meet this league baseball. Me too. The, the, the network. You right. watch the winter meeting, and, and I kind of look myself in the mirror. All right, say, well. God, you're a sad sucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, spring training is coming up soon. I know, man. I got I got to. 
walk through my calendar. All right. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, man. Blue Monday. Oh, I hear Blue Monday. Got to work, black or sleeve all day. He'll come Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. I'm so tired, got no time.